Hello and welcome to MFX. I'm your host Shivam Tibrewala and I'm excited to have with me here a very 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 special guest. Ryan, welcome to MFX. How are you man? I'm good Shivam. Amazing to see you. Um thanks a lot for inviting and um putting in so much efforts on this podcast. Uh I think um it's uh, a great uh start of uh, something new that you've taken up over the past couple of months so really glad to be here and thanks a lot uh well uh, i'm i'm super stoked to have you to be honest ryan uh, so i know that you get right now you you obviously you're the your co-founder and chief business officer of unschool uh, and i just wanted to congratulate you on before we get to the show i wanted to congratulate you on you know featuring on linkedin's top 10 startups for 2020 like you you came third uh that is fantastic news yeah. you competing with like upgrade cred uh like these startups are like well funded you're playing with the big leagues here how do you feel about that man yeah i think uh staying humble is uh, the way forward uh it's been a good <laughs> journey for us for me and rahul uh, likewise but um yeah it feels great uh, to be on the top 10 startups um, list by linkedin for 2020 india um and yeah the 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 big names up there uh, definitely sort of uh, put us on a pedestal which is more uh, dangerous uh, and and scary for us <laughs> uh, so yeah happy uh, happy and scared at the same time so mixed feelings uh, for both of us I th- I think being happy and scared at the same time is a very good combination because that always pushes you. Uh, but before we get into uh-huh. talking about unschool, uh, I wanted to you know touch base on the story man. Uh I think your story has been super inspirational. You spoke about your journey right now. Uh yeah. I I want my listeners to really know about how you've come to where we are today sitting here talking about Uh, your story so 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 ryan uh, how what's your story how did we get here all right um, i think i think that that's a very funny question to ask <laughs> <laughs> now that i have a lot more to do but um, yeah i mean i come from a very humble beginning mm-hmm. uh, in terms of um, uh, in terms of where i studied uh, i come from a very conventional south indian family uh, did my schooling back in uh delhi um and then you know i had two choices uh you know either stay back in delhi and do engineering or mm-hmm. come to tamil nadu and do whatever i wanted because that's where my family sort of first yeah. started off and my parents were like you know the education system there is really cool um i applied to all the colleges that was possible in delhi university uh then didn't see my cutoff list uh because mm-hmm. uh this college in chennai loyola college um uh, caught me and then said okay cool when to join us um then yeah you know back then it was top 3 college of uh, the country and i said why not uh, let's give it a try you down uh, started uh, studying uh, applied physics uh, bsc wow. uh, i would say physics science um mm-hmm. because i was again uh, you know uh, a lot more interested in co-curricular activities couldn't sort of sit in class for 5 hours uh, straight just like school <laughs> so i took up um, my first uh, working experience at mcdonalds there was this um, place um, this was this was inside a mall skywalk uh, ampara skywalk uh, yeah uh, so took up my first job there uh, and that's when my entire sort of career path shifted um, got introduced to isec 
uh, in the very first semester of college, uh, joined ISEC and stayed with ISEC for about six years, took up various roles. Um, and that's where I sort of realized uh, that my passion and my sort of competence lied in uh, sales and marketing. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that, that's when the, the entire sort of uh, turning point came. Uh, took up a VP BD role, business development role in ISEC in Chennai, moved on to becoming the uh, national vice president for business development. And yeah, that's, that's sort of uh, how my journey has been. Um, was national director for ISEC in Nepal, uh, built everything bottom top uh, for about a year there, stayed in Kathmandu. Um, then my first sort of official job uh, was uh, with a startup based out of Mumbai uh, as their chief of marketing and um, uh, worked with them for about nine months before I uh, decided to join Rahul in this unschooled journey. And, and what a journey has been. You guys have been like, I think you founded, uh, you founded a year ago, two years ago. Uh, about 15 months back. Yeah. 15 months back. And like you guys are growing exponentially. Like you have, you already have like 30,000 students on your platform. You have been featured on your story, uh, for, for, for my European listeners, your story is a publishing agency, uh, e-publishing agency in, in India. They feature agencies, they feature top startups and budding startups. It's like the tech crunch of, of India, you can say. And and being featured on 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 your story, I think would have, was the was, was definitely put set you on made you feel like you are on the right road, right? And then obviously you had the LinkedIn news, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the validation that comes from media or PR is uh, just a badge on the crown or the badge on the shoulder. So uh, that, that doesn't really validate if our business is, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, future proof. Mm -hmm. So, you know, customer validation is more important for us as a company, but these, uh, these, these news as well sort of um, help us keep the employees uh, at their best uh, place. So yeah, ah, it's been exciting I... for us. Incredible journey. <laughs> absolutely. So, okay. So, uh, for sure. I think, I think it's been a super nice journey with you and I'm very proud as a, as someone who is, has been a part of your journey. I've known you like for five years now and I think five years, yeah, five years, you recruited me into ISEC and, and, um, mm -hmm. and I think we've stayed in touch since and I'm, I'm from the bottom of my heart. I've been, I'm super proud of you. Um, so yeah, like, so what is unschool, Ryan? Uh, I think, um, I am really looking forward to this answer. What is Unschool? <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Uh, so Unschool is an um, online learning platform. We essentially are a marketplace which um, bridges the gap between the educational institutes and the industry. Mm -hmm. um, what Rahul and I noticed uh, early on in our journey is that uh, India in the next uh, four years to five years is going to be uh, having the world's largest youth population at about 45%. Uh, that's going to be in numbers about 600 plus million uh, youth. Wow. Um, and and, and about, about the 600 million youth, what's, what's staggering is 50% uh, of them uh, are going to be not in the employment zone, which means that they will be studying something that the industry doesn't require, or there might be not enough jobs for them. And that, that's how the journey began that, you know, it's not about 
these separate institutions and industries sort of working separately with development because we see that our institutions are 40, 50, 60 years old. Our industries are advancing at a three months or a six months rapid force. Uh, so we are trying to bridge that gap and make sure that students have an alternate uh, platform to learn from, where they have industry connect, where they have mentorship being given to them. Uh, they have projects for hands-on experience. And once they finish the entire course, which is a self-paced uh, pre-recorded version, uh, they're also able to get a, get a hands-on experience through the internship opportunities we provide to them uh, with our partner institutions. Um, so, so essentially, that's, that's what the platform is about. It's a 360-degree solution for everyone who's on the teaching side, uh, on the institution side, industry side, or the learning side. Um, and, and essentially, we're also helping industry experts who have a platform, uh, a very, very easy-to-use platform where they can share their knowledge uh, with the larger community of the country and uh, in the future, absolutely across the world as well. Okay. So, but, uh, but a key point to note here is that, uh, yeah, the e-learning platform, e-learning platforms are really growing right now and it's, it's growing even more so due to the pandemic. Uh, and, 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 and obviously that's good news for you, but, but what sets you apart from the bigger players that you're facing in India? You know, you have, uh, you have Upgrad, you have Un, Un Academy, you have Baiju's. Uh, how are these players related to you and how do you set yourself apart from these? What's your differentiation? All right. So how we, so there, there's all these platforms that you took name of. Uh, none of these platforms are a marketplace. We essentially okay. are a marketplace uh, like an Uber or um, an or Amazon. Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so we essentially make sure that there is a supply demand fit, uh, you know, the right kind of courses are available for the kind of demand that the students have in terms of their passion. And yep. also this meets very, very midway for the industry requirements of the future. Uh, that's, that's one part. Uh, the second bit that sort of differentiates us is uh, the mentorship that we provide, which is essentially not given in uh, most of the platforms which are available. It's a self-paced or, um, you know, a asynchronous way of learning uh, where guidance is provided at a limited level. Our interventions are much more personal. We get on person calls with every single learner on the platform. And we also sort of devised a scalable model. You know, people might say that 30,000 students, it's easy to handle. What happens when you reach a million or 3 million? We've devised a solution which is much more scalable, uh, more community driven, more peer to peer driven. Uh, than sort of hiring uh, people within the ecosystem. Uh, and the third part is um, absolutely the target group uh, that all these companies uh, sort of take care of. Uh, we work in the reskilling and the upskilling space, uh, which a lot of platforms don't take care of uh, for graduates or students who are pursuing their graduation. So these are the three points that essentially sort of set us apart from any other big player out there. Uh, but so far, we don't, we don't, we don't belong to the big league, uh, at least for the next three to six months. Uh, we're slowly climbing, climbing up the ladder in the growth stage. Maybe some funding as well at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I think that's super important to differentiate yourself, especially in, 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 in the tech space, because there's a growing trend of duopolies in tech. And I think uh, the e-learning platform 
space is also reaching a stage. We will reach that stage in a few years and it's good to be a part of it right now. There's a lot of money flowing into e-learning today and e-education and, and the need of it is now being recognized. It wasn't as recognized as before the pandemic and, and now there's certainly uh, an appreciation for this and, and I think you're in the right space at the right time and, and I hope uh, things work out that way. Uh, moving on into... I mean, um, just to uh, add on a point there, um, you know, I uh, was watching a TED talk about a couple of years back uh, and, and this gentleman there says that uh, most of the startups um, fail because of a couple of reasons. It's not okay. because of a product market fit uh, or the kind of team or the kind of solution that you have, but it's essentially because uh, the time when you launch your startup, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like an Airbnb or a Netflix or an Uber, the time that they launched was a Did phase where people could accept Right. Yeah. Uh, so you're not too old. You're, you're not, not too, too early in the market. Is essentially what uh, sort of um, uh, helps you in terms of the chances that your startup might survive. Right. That's very true. Uh, I, I, the, I, the, day, the customers I, need to be uh, open to taking your solution. I completely agree. I think. I think uh, it's. I think Apple has a similar story, right? Uh, they. They sort of started a bit early and then uh, people couldn't accept these high prices and, and look at where Apple is today. So I definitely agree with you at this point. It's a very relevant point that you're making. And and moving on to this um, this ecosystem of startups, right? Now, uh, the, the, the chances of uh, startups being successful is very low. And and and, and the, peop- the, the kind of founders that really figure out how it is to be quite successful, I know you're going to say that you're not successful yet, but you definitely have figured out something, something you figured out something regarding your startup. And, and, and uh, like I'm, I'm searching for an answer towards how you built the marketing and sales, because you, you, I want to speak to you about, you know, your chief business officer, co-founder. So how, how did you achieve this exponential growth? Uh, I, I saw also, you know, t- tell me your story regarding this, uh, all right. So the, the first thing that really matters is uh, in any startup, uh, whether it's, it's a single person starting it up or multiple people, is the kind of rapport that you have with your co-founder. You need to be people that mm-hmm. sort of uh, complement each other and not cancel each other out, right? Uh, that way, when I bring in my expertise in terms of strategy or my expertise in terms of marketing uh, or B2B sales, um, on the other hand, Rahul is able to sort of create that B2C operations channel. Um, you know, so complementing each other is something that's really, really important when you're starting up. Um, and, and again, it's a very, very lonely journey, right? Uh, and if you have someone who supports you through that journey uh, as a co-founder, that just is the icing on the cake. Uh, mm-hmm. The second bit is um, being very frugal at the start. I've seen a lot of people uh, sort of crib about or complain that I don't have enough money. I don't have uh, enough connections uh, to, to bring this idea into reality um, and, and to be exponentially growing at, uh, you know, at a consistent space. Um, you need to have a frugal mindset, right? You know, right. sort of invest less money, but making sure that your ROI is a 4X or a 6X. 
Uh, and that's essentially how we started. Uh, we hired a lot of interns at the start of uh, mm -hmm. uh, the journey. We made sure that our expenditures on the HR are limited for the first eight months, uh, created that network of uh, campus ambassadors. And uh, that's how the growth has been. We started off with, you know, five cities. Right now we are present in um, more than, uh, I would say, 150 cities to be frank. Wow. Uh, in terms of Fantastic. our campus ambassadors and our network, we started off with 15 to 20 campus ambassadors. Today, on a daily basis, we work with close to about 2,500 campus ambassadors. So the growth has been not just in terms of sales or marketing or the statistics that we have, uh, but also the kind of uh, man force that we have on ground, people who intern with us. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's been a frugal journey for us. We've invested very, very little uh, of our own money. We've not taken money from, you know, friends and family as well. So a completely well, self-funded uh, startup for the last 15 months. Uh, and and, and you're that, profitable. that's what is the journey about. Yeah. And you're profitable as well at the same time, right? We are. Yes, we are. Um, quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> that, that's good. I think, I think uh, you definitely uh, have this conception. We definitely had this, have this conception that, Startups uh, usually, you know, you start on a negative uh, cash flow basis and then you sort of have levels of funding and try to find a business model that works around uh, profitability. But you seem to found that in the beginning. And I think, I think a huge reason for that is also the fact that you're frugal, right? Usually startups, they spend lavishly on offices, lavishly on these benefits and, and, and to attract these top talent. But then they don't really have a profitable uh, measure around these things and then they sort of lose their way and i think you know being frugal is definitely a key key business uh, uh, metric that people should look out for as especially when they're starting up and and frugal and uh, being agile okay right um, you know because we've seen a lot of startups that were uh, working with us uh, through our incubation and as soon as the uh, pandemic hit, uh, we saw mm -hmm. their revenue sort of going down or employees not being able to pivot to a new working environment. Uh, we had young people, uh, which we had trained from the day one. So absolutely, you know, bring frugal and agile is something that's really important um, at the very start of your journey for maybe the first uh, 24 to 36 months. And, and, and speaking about frugality, building into that, um... You know, when you're starting up, especially in the technology space, there there's several platforms that you need to use. You know, to set your work for uh, work uh, your uh, you know your workflows and uh, you know managing your ads. You need to get a lot of systems, CRM systems, manage organization. Uh, how did you guys figure out which tools to use? Like, uh, how how was your research like? Tell tell me about this process. All right, All right. Uh, that that brings the laugh on my face because of one reason that. Um, I think Google has been one of the biggest assets for us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it gives you a lot without uh, you having to sort of pay up front. So the mm -hmm. first uh, tools that we initially used were, you know, Excel sheets on Google. Uh, and, and it's something that we still use. Uh, systems like an autocrat for automation. Um, mm -hmm. Systems that don't sort of charge you any money. Yeah. Or uh, even, uh, you know, for project management and Asana. Uh, so you can probably tag these people on the podcast as well because they for are sure. absolutely essential for everything that we do. 
and, and even WhatsApp for that matter, right? Uh, you know, yeah. communicating with, uh, you know, an enormous number of people is very essential. Um, and, uh, and one of the biggest assets that we've sort of taken up is um, one of the startup programs with HubSpot, which okay. gives us a huge amount of discount in terms of using their CRM, their service uh, uh, pricing has come down for us. Uh, marketing or social is, is absolutely at a very, very affordable price for anyone who's running a startup. Uh, things that people don't know at the very beginning uh, and they end up spending a lot. So, you know, we started off with anything that was available out in the market for a free version and uh, any tech company for that matter uh, should be able to decide whether you need to build something or buy something, right? If you end up building something from the scratch uh, that takes up a lot of money in terms of your HR, a uh, lot of time in terms of the work hours that anybody puts in and your yeah. results come out after nine to 10 months. When you're buying something, it's available in the market. You're able to spend a little money, you're saving on the long term, but you're getting results very, very quickly, right? And, and for any startup, uh, you know, if you don't have a money mindset, then you're just working on your passion. Uh, and if you're working on your passion, you're essentially in terms of uh, my knowledge, you're not an entrepreneur. You're just someone seeking validation and, and, and trying to do what you want to do. Because if your entrepreneurship journey doesn't fuel, fuel in money, then yeah. on the long term, you're going to churn out your own money and probably your investors' money. So, you know, that sort of brings in um, that, that mindset that you're looking for money. You don't spend enough, but you get more returns. Yeah, so you can call it in a way empty entrepreneurship. Eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> if that's a term. But, <laughs> uh, moving on to social media, I've seen unschool a lot on social media. Like whenever I'm scrolling on LinkedIn or Instagram, like, boom, boom, boom. I see mm -hmm. so many unschooled posts. Uh, so what's your social media strategy? How did you guys uh, figure out how this works? Because I've seen some, ex some massive growth over these months. Uh, the growth journey, to be very frank, has been very, very difficult for us. Uh, we set up our Instagram early on in 2019 before we incorporated the company. And uh, for about uh, first 14 months, starting from Feb 2019 to about March, April 2020, we were close to about 2,400 followers. And uh, today we stand at 22,000. Uh, wow. So in about five and a half, six months, we have done 10x, almost 10x worth of growth. And that was possible because we, again, used very, very frugal uh, marketing strategies uh, to be very consistent, frugal and basic. Be very consistent, consistent with campaigns that we are posting about. Keep it very simple, design not fancy. Um, and we've never worked with full-time teams. We only worked with freelancers or interns and made sure that we're not spending enough on social media because that doesn't essentially get us a lot of business. It's only branding. Yeah. Right? Um, so that was one, one bit that we sort of initiated. The other bit is um, we hired uh, interns at, uh, you know, as less as uh, a 12 to 15 euros a month internship where they would uh, essentially just sort of share the Instagram page with a lot of, of, of their friends. And that became like a pyramid structure. And in, from April, when we were 2,400, by June 10th, we were 10,000. So wow. we did a 3x growth in about less than 60 days. And after that, it's been very, very organic because of our consistency on the campaigns. 
and uh, that people like our content as well. And also make sure that our customers follow us because on a monthly basis, we get anywhere between four to six K customers. And when they follow us on the platform, it sort of adds on to the organic growth uh, that way. Uh, we've not run any branding campaigns or, you know, paid campaigns for the last six to eight months. Wow. Uh, all these likes <laughs> or followers have been absolutely organic. organic for us. Wow. I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely shocked. Organic. <laughs> that is, I, I think, uh, I think you call it the power of compounding. Uh, you know, you sort of start, uh, start a buzz and then you let it flow, you know, and I think you guys have definitely, I think, uh, I think from what I hear, there's several combinations that have come together to your success and, and, and it's very important to look at every aspect of it. And it again comes down to frugality, right? You could have easily said, Nahi, we have to you know, spend money on branding. We have to spend money on this. We have to spend money on that. And, but then like hearing this is definitely something to note that, you know, there is a life beyond brand, uh, you know, spending money on advertising. You can definitely do it organically. Mm -hmm. And um, talking a bit about unschool, obviously you, you mentioned something, you know, about teachers and, and students. Uh, how do you guys uh, work with that? Like, how did you build your sales? How did you convince your first few customers to come on your platform? Or how did you convince your first two few teachers? Um, so, you know, I've, I've been a pure believer of don't look for money outside when you can search it in your pocket. Right. Uh, you know, those days when you're looking in your jeans pocket and you get like a 10 euros or a hundred bucks just coming out of the washing machine. Um, most of the time we missed that out. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think while we were um, working together in 2015, that was the first thing that I also told most of you that, you know, don't look for connection outside of your circle because you will have better connections within. Uh, and that's how we essentially got our first set of uh, instructors that we call coaches on the platform, uh, mm -hmm. friends of friends or ISEC connections or, you know, my business connections from ISEC. And that's how we initially got people on board to trust in us more than making money or on the platform. Right. So we had about six to seven people in the tech side of uh, the courses uh, and about four to five on the management side. Uh, in fact, Rahul and I, we ourselves made courses to sort of, you know, flush in the first set of content. And uh, that's how we initiated. And we have about, uh, you know, four to five people who've been with us for the last 15 months altogether, starting from, you know, earning like 5,000 bucks a month to now anywhere between 50 to 60,000 bucks a month. So they have also seen our growth. Uh, and on the customer side, I would say we've again been, um, on the referral front, which is very organic. So we had people who in turn with us take up our courses first, then yeah. them convincing someone else. So, okay. you know, that essentially sort of helped us in getting the first set of customers. Uh, we did not sell any course at a zero cost. Oh, uh, wow. because we've always believed that, you know, our, our platform is going to be serving more than anything else. Okay. Uh, so, and what's the, what's the future like for, for unschool? Where do you see this going? Oh, you ask any entrepreneur that question, uh, it's going to be a blank uh, face. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the journey is absolutely upwards and onwards, Shivam. 
because uh, we have always focused on how the closest of our circle uh, enjoys on school, which is the first mm-hmm. and foremost our employees. And mm-hmm. they are really passionate about um, the vision of the company. We want to okay. make sure that uh, Unschool enables youth towards employability. And by the year 2023, we are impacting close to about 2 million youth of uh, India. And, and they connect to that vision as much as uh, the co-founders do or as much as the mid-level management does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's absolutely the future, building up a stronger team that can manage uh, a lot of campus ambassadors and can fuel in the kind of revenues that we want to. Um, and on the sidelines, absolutely getting investments and, and sort of uh, competing with the big leagues out there. Um, I think uh, it's important that you touched up on our employees. I, I, I really wanted to understand the kind of culture you guys are growing at, at Unschool. Uh, how important is culture to you? How important do you think it's been till now and how important do you think it's going to be in the future? Uh, so uh, what I think is, um, you know, a lot of big companies out there, uh, to name a few, like a TCS or an Ernest & Young, these are bigger firms uh, which have, you know, withstood economic downfalls, uh, government downfalls or anything up, um, outside of that as well, or a pandemic uh, per se. And they've only survived not because of the product that they are giving out to the market or how they are keeping their employ- uh, customers happy, uh, but how their employees feel about the company itself, right? Making sure that even in tough times, employees are not uh, cut off their pay or being let go of uh, is something that uh, people look forward to, right? And, and when you're being humble and keeping them in mind first, uh, then they are very grateful uh, for where they are. Uh, so, so culture building is very essential from the very start of any journey, whether it's an entrepreneurial journey, or even if you start a business, your employees are the ones who serve your customers. They are the front line of your business. And if they aren't happy, uh, then the customer is a king sort of, uh, statement doesn't really work there because your employees are running your empire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and you know, when the king is there, the king can't do anything if your empire is not running, right? So yeah. before the customer comes in, your employees need to be at a very, very happy space. And we essentially do that uh, by making sure we're available for them. We are interacting with them on a timely basis, uh, giving them the perks and incentives that they absolutely deserve. Uh, and that's how your businesses grow. Well, I think I think that's super nice. I think... Ryan, you're going places. I'm, I'm so happy to see you where you are. I, I remember, you know, having conversations with you back in the day, like, you know, a few years ago, and, and I could see that fire in you in, in, in some way. I remember you used to sleep at 3am, get up at 6am, you know, uh, during the Isaac days. And, and it's, it's super nice yeah. to see how you guys are, how you and you're, you're building on school. I'm, I, I think I've gotten old now. <laughs> I'm sure working those long hours, you know, definitely increases your uh, uh, body, age? <laughs> biological age. <laughs> okay. Uh, Absolutely moving on, true. Moving, moving on to our next section. I, I think this is a, a section that I'm going to like a lot. It's just getting to know you a bit more. So, you know, not work related, just trying, just going to ask you some uh, questions that could be, could lead to some interesting answers. 
so mm-hmm. so yeah uh, are you ready absolutely go on is it a like a fire questioning round or something yeah like a rapid fire but uh, not not really as scandalous as the isaac days <laughs> <laughs> all right i can be open to that as well uh, <laughs> all right so uh, what is the last song you downloaded oh my goodness uh let me check my spotify real quick um this was the song by i'll be waiting uh by king of little sweden okay i think i'll share the link as well on on the spotify for my listeners uh, absolutely <laughs> i'm going to share it across with you all right uh texting or talking talking absolutely okay any day favorite drink don't tell me it's coke uh non alcoholic <laughs> is going to be coca cola uh and alcoholic is absolutely going to be uh, a chilled beer um uh, i either a guinness or a corona guinness do you, uh, do you get guinness in hyderabad uh huh you get guinness in hyderabad i know you don't get it in chennai you get guinness in hyderabad you do you do you do you do get uh, some root beer okay but not exactly greenness okay okay uh but uh, coke uh, i know you i know you're like a massive coke lover i think if in your family uh, i'm sure you completely have banned pepsi uh, i i know for a fact <laughs> you probably do that but do you like i don't coke talk to or... people who drink pepsi <laughs> <laughs> uh honestly i i don't know i don't know the difference in the taste uh, i know you're going to uh, you might swear at me uh, after i hate so. you <laughs> but do you like coke original or with uh, no sugar no sugar original original of course all right uh, at what age do you want to retire or do you want to retire at all like i know you're a you're a workaholic you know i i think retirement will come when uh, my time is uh, set uh, to leave the earth in, wow. in a bodily fashion okay. uh so uh, retirement in terms of sort of running after money is going to be something that i look at anywhere uh, later half of 30 uh, then probably hmm. you know uh, open up a cafe somewhere in goa <laughs> and uh, talk to people and meet people is is what i sort of uh, envision myself doing uh, having hmm. a very simple life uh, after 40 wow well, that and build a family very very doubtful question uh, to be asking <laughs> me right now <laughs> okay. right. let's let's keep that for the beers later um absolutely uh, what's your guilty pleasure <clears throat> oh my goodness a uh, tough question um sort of serving myself with a really good dessert um if i'm having a tough day is uh-huh. always been my guilty pleasure is what i can say right now uh, or maybe pouring myself a quick glass of whiskey <laughs> glass of whiskey okay uh, all right yeah who's your, who's been your inspiration um so you know when i was young uh, uh, i'm an aviation enthusiast uh, mm-hmm. by choice uh i love watching aircrafts and and uh, dr apj abdul kalam the former president of india has been a real inspiration in terms of uh, you know learning new things and being more knowledge oriented and helpful to people uh 
but over the course of time, uh, on the marketing front, uh, it's, it's absolutely been Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, uh-huh. uh, to be frank. Uh, but on, on a personal level, it's, it's been my dad uh, okay. in terms of uh, sort of telling me what's the line where you are at an extreme of doing certain things and what's the line when you're doing basic, right? So always be in the middle. I've, I've not been able to follow him so far, uh, but I think he's also been a real inspiration. He's 55 plus uh, running business out of uh, Oman right now. So you know, these, these are the three people that I look up to in terms of uh, leading my life in simple ways, but also being visionary or, I or think, trying to be visionary as much as possible. I think there are three very, very, very good people to choose from. So I think, uh, I think you're definitely ah, doing something so. right there. Uh, what is the first and last thing you do in a day? The first thing I do in my day is uh, getting up and setting my bed. Uh, that's the most hmm. successful task that I've been doing for the past, I don't know how many years now, um, to make sure that when I get back home, I have a clean and neat bed to pass out on. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I do is listen to Coldplay songs before I sleep. <laughs> that could have been that's your guilty pleasure, man. <laughs> that's ah, <cool>. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question. And, and, uh, and yeah, we close this, uh, Beautiful, beautiful podcast. Uh, what's your favorite TV show? I know this is your favorite answer as well. There are multiple, okay? It's oh, a tricky no, question not, not, not from the Ryan. If I want I knew, to you know. watch something again and again and, 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 and also sort of have a uh, laughing night, uh, I would resort to Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I want to... Uh, you know, keep myself uh, motivated. I usually resort to uh, suits. <laughs> uh, and, and that's always been my uh, go-to show. If I want to sort of reconnect with who I am, uh, I, I absolutely resonate with Harvey Specter, uh, the character itself. I, I so, yeah, think you, these are the I three shows. Just, I, I, Ryan, I need to hear it. I, I think it's been a few years since I heard, hear, heard it. Give me, give me a quote. I want, I want a, I want a suit quote. <laughs> give me something. <laughs> All right. All right. The only quote that I can uh, drop on you right now is don't play the odds, play the man. Ooh, I think, I think uh, that's a super nice quote. I think he said it for season one or something. Uh, he probably said it to Mike, if I'm not wrong. I, I guess around that time, I'm a person who, who quotes a lot of things <laughs> from shows or otherwise. I think one of my favorite shows, uh, quotes from the show was, uh, don't write checks your body can't cash. I think that's a, uh, that's ah. a, that's a fancy quote, man. <laughs> you can use uh-huh. it next time. <laughs> All <right>. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Ryan, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, it's so nice catching up with you, hearing uh, your success story. And, and I, I wish you all complete success. Uh, Godspeed. Uh, any last uh, comments before you uh, call it a day? All right. Thank you so much. Um, uh, you know, always hope uh, that we will uh, do as much as we can in the best of his version. Uh, but but really grateful that you invited me on your podcast. And um, anyone who's listening uh, and and wants to start up their own venture or want to uh, you know explore 
new job roles or sectors. If you are anything between uh, 20 to 25, I would always recommend you that uh, don't run after something uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, a singular path. Uh, the first five years of your uh, post-college uh, life are to be very exploratory and experimental. Uh, mm -hmm. So try to be as open and uh, frugal and agile as possible. And, and that's sort of going to bring you to a path of clarity is what I would suggest anyone who's listening. But it's uh, been a great pleasure uh, talking to you, uh, Shivam. Uh, so thanks a lot is what I can say. And, and have a great uh, night ahead. Thanks a lot, Ryan. It's been a pleasure.